Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, the idea of having a long-term care insurance plan is to get the care you want in the setting of your choice. Now, overwhelmingly, people who are surveyed say that they want to age in place. And what that simply means, age in place, is means age in your own home, wherever you're at, whether that's the the home you own or an apartment you're renting or, or whatever it is. Most people will say, hey, I want to age in place. If you go down the list of where people want to receive care if they're in a long-term care journey or situation, home is always number one, and nursing homes are generally ranked at the bottom of the list. They're last place almost every single survey. Now, think about that. Home number one, nursing home, last place. Nursing home is the dreaded word. Currently, right now in the United States, there are about 1.5 to 1.7 million people residing in nursing homes. It's kind of hard to get an accurate number because we really had a shakeup because of uh, COVID. A lot of people went in and got pulled back out of those nursing homes. Family members went and got them. But right now, about 1.5 to 1.7 million people, give or take, are in nursing homes right now in this country. That's more than the population of Denver and Seattle combined. Think about that. Now, what's going on? Why are so many people in nursing homes that people would rather stay at home or in their community? Well, the sad truth is very few of the millions and a half plus people that are in a nursing home had a say in the matter. In fact, the vast majority of those people were placed in a nursing home and most directly from their home. And that's really, you know, what I think people are always trying to avoid. I remember when my mom, I got her a lifetime benefit for long-term care years ago. And I remember always telling her, I said, Mom, I'm going to stick you someplace nice when the time comes. And it was just kind of an inside joke because she says, you're not going to stick me anywhere. You know, the whole idea of having long-term care insurance is so that she can age in her own home. But there's a catch here. If we look at all the millions of people that are in nursing homes, we say, why are they there? What's the main reason? Well, there's a big catch. And statistically, it bears out that 80% of people in nursing homes are receiving Medicaid. Listen to that statistic, 80%. So that's, that puts us roughly about 1.1, 1.2 million people in nursing homes in this country today are receiving Medicaid. And remember, Medicaid is basically a safety net program, meaning that you're, you're broke. That's, that's all safety net is. It's like you have no other resources to pay for care. You are broke. And therefore, in order for you to get Medicaid, you have to spend your resources down. So these are people who did not plan financially for one of the most vulnerable times in their lives, and that's how they end up on Medicaid in a nursing home. Now, the journey from home to a nursing home is the same for many people. In fact, it's, it's, it's you know, you can really stereotype that journey for a lot of people. And again, there's always, you know, when I say that, there's always some different ways people end up in situations. But if we look at it, what we're saying is the majority of it, it seems to follow a trend. And number one, they're going to start their long-term care journey in their own home. You know, in a lot of, for a lot of people, if you don't have someone to call, you don't have long-term care insurance, really what happens is people are just helping you out. You know, hey, we got to go over there and help grandma or help mom or whatever it is. And so most people just start their long-term care journey in their home. They end up exhausting their financial resources. And here's the thing I think people forget about long-term care situations is that your cost of living does not go down. I've heard financial advisors talk about this all the time, saying, well, you got your go-go years, which you're out vacationing and doing all these things. You got your slow-go years, and then you have your no-go years. So really, by the time you're in long-term care, you're in your no-go years, meaning you're not going out to eat, you're not vacationing, so you have extra money, so it's not a big deal. Folks, that's just not true. Because the, the fact is, it's just like my mom right now trying to stay in her house. Well, guess what? She's not doing the yard work anymore. She's not doing the basic house cleaning. She's having to have somebody help with that things. And so you end up starting to spend money in places that you never spent before. So these people will start their journey in their home. They exhaust their financial resources. Many will depend on family and friends until their living situation becomes a safety issue. And what I mean by this is if 
people are relying on their family and you're, you're, you're going in and you're going to the doctor two or three times a week now and the doctor is looking at you and saying, gosh, you know, this is the second time you've been in here this week. What's going on? They're going to start looking at that situation. And if you don't have the resources to bring the care in and to pay for that help, you're going to be pl- applying for Medicaid. Well, Medicaid is going to come in and say, you can stay in your home, but you have to have the help that you need. Somebody to help you with that physical day-to-day activity of daily living, helping you transfer, keeping you safe. And what happens is people's health becomes more and more compromised. It gets so complex that the family members cannot do an adequate job. That's when the state's going to step in if you're on Medicaid and you're going to end up getting moved out of the house into a facility. And this is a real life issue. In fact, our case manager, Madeline, you know, she talks about her story. You know, she was a teenager when her mom went into a long-term care situation and the family was really trying to take care of her mom. And it just got to the point where they couldn't do it. And the Medicaid came in and said, this isn't a safe environment for her anymore. So we're going to move her out of the home. So, you know, that's how you get placed in a Medicaid facility, which the vast majority of the time is a nursing home. Now, there are other situations, uh, especially for married couples, that where the person needing that care may end up on the Medicaid system and in a nursing home. And number one is Medicaid divorce. In fact, if, if you're an equitable distribution state, not a community property state, so equitable distribution state, a lot of times people will go in and they will file for divorce, um, for a Medicaid divorce. And so what they can do is protect assets and income so that their spouse can then apply for Medicaid. Because again, remember Medicaid you've got to spend your assets down. And the healthy spouse, or what we call the community spouse, is limited to keep you know between $120,000 and $140,000, give or take, of liquid assets in most states. It varies a little bit. So that's one way some people will end up on Medicaid. It's not near as popular anymore because states have really started cracking down on that. But you go back 20 years ago, it, that's what you did. You just divorced your spouse. Um, you know They had signs of Alzheimer's. You went out, you got divorced, and then you could help them apply for Medicaid. You kept all the assets and the income in your name. Now, using Medicaid annuities is another way that people will sometimes end up on the Medicaid system. They call it a Medicaid annuity because imagine you have $200,000 of assets left. Well, what you can do is you can turn that into an income stream in your name, and then your, your spouse can then apply for Medicaid. And the reason why you would do that is because you get to keep income that's in your name, but assets have to be divided up. And they have to, and for the community spouse to, or for the person that's making a claim, they would have to spend their half of the assets down. So a Medicaid annuity is, you know, another way that some people will end up on Medicaid, trying to protect assets for the healthy spouse. But regardless of how you end up in the Medicaid system, you're pretty much broke. And the odds are you are in a nursing home, the dreaded nursing home. Now, some end up in adult family homes or assisted living facilities because there are a few out there that accept Medicaid in that, but a lot of the facilities will require you to self-fund for a period of anywhere from one to three years. I saw one facility that said five years. And so Medicaid says technically you can't do that, but they turn, you know, they, they, they turn a blind eye to it basically because what they're saying is that the, the facilities have the right to accept Medicaid. But if the facilities say you got to self-pay for two or three years, the other option is we're just not going to accept Medicaid at all. So you're starting to see that. If you self-fund, you can pay the, the cost of the facility for one year, two years, three years. Well, then they won't kick you out if you run out of resources and you end up on Medicaid. So we're starting to see that trend, and we're starting to see those years get pushed out a little bit more. So you know there are, are more than a million individuals living in nursing homes today on Medicaid. And what can you do to prevent this? You know, this it all starts with planning. Having a long-term care insurance plan provides you with more choices, okay, to receive care, and it keeps you in control of your care options. And I think that's the number one thing that people don't realize when they're thinking about government programs, especially Medicaid. You become a ward of the state. And what happens is the reason why you're being placed in that nursing home is because the state's going to look at it and say, this isn't safe in your home. We're going to move you to a facility. But they don't let you go down and choose the best assisted living facility or the nicest nursing home. You're going to be placed in a room in a facility that will accept Medicaid. And I will tell you, I had an aunt. Um, I've talked about the story about my grandmother being an assisted living down in the San Luis Valley. Well, at the same time, I had an aunt that was in and out of the Medicaid system. She was trying. I mean, she was really struggling trying to stay at home. She was on oxygen. She had dialysis going on a regular basis, and she would still try to stay at home, and then she'd go out to eat. She had a little portable auction thing, and then she would get sick, and she'd end up in the hospital, and then they'd put her back in the Medicaid nursing home, 
And then she'd finally say, okay, I'm getting out of here. Well, when her health really got compromised and they stuck her back in the Medicaid nursing home, she didn't want to be there. She didn't want to go there. But guess what? That's where they put her. And she ended up having two roommates. They had three people in one room. That's how crowded this facility was. So again, you're not choosing where you go and then say, hey, I want the government to pay for my care. Medicaid, you become a ward of the state. It's a safety net program. And there's very few nice facilities out there. I'm not saying there's none, but there's very few nice ones that you would choose that accept that Medicaid without some kind of catch, meaning you have to self-fund. So how do you stay out of that? What does long-term care insurance do for you? Let's dig into that a little bit more. And we're going to talk about some of the different options you have if you have a long-term care insurance plan. But first, we've got to take a quick break. So stick around. I'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. Hey, it's Mandy Connell, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for their upcoming free long-term care planning live webinar. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, just like they're doing for my husband and me right now. I love how much time they've spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you're live, you're listening to us on the weekend. We are on several stations now in a couple different markets on Saturday. I've got a show on Sunday afternoon. And then if you got the podcast, well, obviously you can listen anytime you want. So if you ever miss part of the show, you can always just go to iTunes or you can go to our website at 525longtermcare.com and get some of the past episodes and get the podcast. Now, you heard the ads. I have the um, new classes for the webinar coming up on April, and we're going to have two of them. It's going to be Saturday the 16th and then Thursday the 21st. So, again, the Saturday class is going to kick off at 8 o'clock Pacific time, 9 o'clock Mountain time, and then the Thursday midweek class is going to kick off at 4 in the afternoon Mountain time and 3 p.m. Pacific or West Coast time. So look for those. And again, the classes are live, so um, you just got to sign up for it. We're going to send you a link. Click on that link, and we will then come in and get everything, you know, uh, send you the link, and you'll be able to just jump in and tune in and get the, the webinar live and send questions into us, do whatever you need to do. So, again, look for that on the 16th and the 21st of April at 525longtermcare.com. So we started the show today really talking about the fact that nursing homes are the last place people want to end up and um, overwhelmingly people want to age in place or stay in their home for as long as possible. 
And one of the best ways to avoid becoming a nursing home statistic is to make sure that you've done some planning ahead of time to mitigate the financial consequences of the extended healthcare event so that you don't run out of resources or the ability to choose and pay for care in the choice that you want to. Having a long-term care plan can help with this, but it can also make sure that you don't become a physical burden on your family. What many people wrongly assume is that your family will be able to provide the care you need, but unfortunately that is not always the case. Many people are in a nursing home on Medicaid, had family stepping into that role, but the family just got to the point where they weren't able to provide the care that that individual needed, so Medicaid took them out of that home and put them in a facility, and that is what happens textbook over and over again. Now, I will give, give tell you that Medicaid has really been trying to grow their what they call home and community care services, but folks, it's just it's simple math. It's just simple, simple math on this. If you have somebody in a nursing home, you can have, I mean, think of a daycare. You can have, you know, uh, my wife works at one, and so they have an infant room, and basically they have one teacher for every six infants. Well, it's something like that in a nursing home, right? You have four, four people there at the nursing home. They can oversee 20 people or 25 people, whatever the number is. But if you're trying to take care of somebody in their own home, you've got to have one-on-one. And so they just don't have the resources for that. So that's why they say the family's got to do most of the heavy lifting, and they will come in and check and just make sure that everything is going along right there. So, again, that's something to keep in mind on that is, like, you know, why that's why they're trying to do more home and community, but it's just a supply and demand issue for healthcare workers and cost. Now, what if you have enough money? And we're talking about how do you avoid a nursing home. What if you have enough money? You know, Having a long-term care plan, be honest with you, is more than just having enough money. Having a plan means that you not only have a dedicated source of funding to pay for that care, but it also provides you access to a team of professionals to help you manage and provide your care in a time of need. Long-term care insurance does both of these. It makes sure that you have a dedicated source of funds to pay for your care, but more importantly, in many cases, the long-term care insurance provides access to the people you need, including case managers, care coordinators, and claim specialists. And I'm going to go over what those people do and what their role is in a little bit. But for now, let's talk about the advantages of long-term care insurance in the context of staying in control of your care options. When you compare people in long-term care situations with long-term care insurance, I mean, those that have long-term care insurance to those that don't have long-term care insurance, there are some stark differences. First off, people with long-term care insurance tend to receive higher levels of care. And think about it. This just makes sense. They have the resources available to pay for the care when they need it, and they tend to get professional care sooner. So they get better levels of care. The second thing to keep in mind is they tend to have more care options available to them. Again, we go back to assisted living facilities. When you go and you sign up, and a lot of them that had waiting lists, they would ask you, how are you going to fund this? Even some adult family homes. And if you say, I have long-term care insurance, They'll ask about that, and they're going to put a little gold star next to your name because they know that you have a dedicated source of money to pay for that care. In fact, we've got a manager at one – it's a pretty large assisted living facility that actually says, look, you know, we check the box, and if they have long-term care insurance, they're going to the top of the list because we know that we're going to get paid versus they can say, well, we got $5 million. Well, who's your power of attorney? Are we chasing down your son or your daughter or your nephew that lives in Hawaii and is a surfer, or, or how do we get paid every month? So – they, they like the idea of long-term care insurance, so it's going to give you a lot more options when you're going out there if you do need to go to a facility. Long, people with long-term care insurance spend more of their journey in their own home. And folks, these statistics are just eye-opening. If we look at people with long-term care insurance, three out of four of them will start their journey in their own home, which is just you know very common. Now, some people might move into independent living or or choose a different type to start out in assisted living facility, but most people will start their journey in their own home. And if you have long-term care insurance, 70% of those people will be able to stay in their own home for their entire long-term care journey. Now, we compare that to people that do not have long-term care insurance. They end up on Medicaid. It's stark. It's less than 10% of them are going to be able to keep them stay. Once they're on Medicaid, it's less than 5% will be able to take their last breath in their own home. So that is a stark difference. And again, part of this to think about it too is if you have long-term care insurance, you have resources, you have that ability to bring the help in. I mean, it all kind of makes sense. And so you're going to have more success staying out of facilities and staying off of the government program if you have long-term care insurance compared to people that do not have long-term care insurance. And again, part of this, you know, again, I hate statistics because of the way they're used sometimes, but when we're looking at it, 
a lot of people, if we're, we're saying, well, the finances, how do we work? Well, a lot of people that end up on Medicaid never had the resources to buy long-term care insurance anyway. Remember, almost like four, I think it's 44%, 45%, I just say half, um, of Americans have less than $5,000 of liquid assets when they go into retirement. So they're just essentially depending solely on their Social Security to get through their retirement. So those people go straight to Medicaid. But those people that maybe have a you know a, a nice little nest egg or a smaller nest egg, and they end up in an extended healthcare situation for a period of time, those are the people that are you know in danger of running right out of their assets and ending up on Medicaid, which is what everybody's dreading and trying to do. So again, many people will think that if they have enough assets, they are fine and they don't need to worry about planning for an extended care situation. But what they're thinking about is how do they, you know, what they're not thinking about is how do you find the resources? How do you get that care coordination? How do you get the plan of care? How do you get the case managed? How do you make sure that your loved one is getting the care that they need? And and think about this. I I say this all the time. If your house burns down and you have to rebuild it, you're going to have to jump through a lot of hoops. And if the insurance company just shows up and says, hey, you know, here's your money, off you go. Well, you got a lot of things to figure out. If you're a millionaire and you've got all the money you need, it's like you still got a lot of issues to figure out. You know, what do you do with the old structure? What about permits? How do you find a contractor? How do you know it's the right contractor for what you need? What's the track record of the contractor? Are, are there complaints filed with the state? How do you manage and coordinate the build, making sure that it gets put on, everything gets put together right in, in order and on time? Um, is the state going to be involved? Is the city, is the county, you know, did you get a fair price on it? Those are all things that you would have to figure out. But when you have insurance, what happens? Your house burns down. Well, now guess what? You know, you, you, you've got somebody there that's doing this. Now replace that with, with, with somebody that's needing care services, long-term care. What do you do? Where's the best place to start? Google? You just dump it on your family. Say, yeah, I need some, some help. I need some physical therapy. I need somebody to come into my house and find the right person. How do you know that the, the agency that you picked is the right agency for your level of care? Do they provide the best level of care for your need? Therapy, cognitive? What is their track record? How many complaints have they been had filed against them with the state? How are they going to handle the billing? Who's going to handle that billing? Who's doing the reconciliation every month for what you're being charged to make sure that you're getting charged correctly and they're not exceeding or, or going over your plan of care? You know, are they, and I tell you, this is a big thing in, in long-term care service, especially if your loved one is out of state. How do you know that the, that care service company is providing the care that they need? You know, and who's there to make sure that the care is appropriate, that it's meeting your doctor's plan of care? These are all things that you run into. What does Medicare pay for? And this is what I'm talking about with people that think they have enough money. What they're forgetting about is who's actually going to manage that care? Who's going to handle the complex, ongoing decision-making that's just going to keep coming month after month after month when your loved one is in a care situation. So hopefully you get my point. I mean, if your family happens to run a long-term care home service agency or own a couple of adult family homes, you might be okay. You might just say, well, I'm just going to bank my money and I'll pay my kids to take care of me. But for the rest of us, we're going to be faced with that ongoing complex decision-making. We're going to have to manage that extended care situation. And most of the time, that's a burden that is just passed on to family members that are not equipped for that responsibility. You know, it'd be like me calling my kids and saying, hey, um, you know, can you uh, figure out how to rebuild the house because it burned down? It's like, well, my kids aren't contractors. They're, they're not going to figure that out. So just keep that in mind. That's one of the things that, you know, we look at um, when we're talking about planning is how do we manage the care that we need? So the reason we have this radio program really is just to bring awareness. We need to consider all these things that we're talking about in an extended healthcare situation. This is not just simply a money situation. And believe me, we see this all the time with clients who they end up, situation happens quickly, dad has a stroke, and then he has another stroke, and then things just start unwinding, people trying to figure out what do we do, how do we get care, and all they see is these bills racking up, and they're not sure, you know, which assets are they going to convert into income to pay for dad's care, and it just goes on and on. So the idea with the long-term care plan is to have that dedicated source of money that A, is going to pay for that care, and it doesn't have to be all the care. But it's going to take the sting off of it. If you have a few thousand dollars coming in a month and you're spending $4,000, well, you still got a 50% discount. So that's really what we're doing with long-term care plans. We're saying we have a dedicated source of money to pay for that care or some of the care, depending how you set up your plan. But we also have that team of professionals that have been there. They've been to the rodeo. They know what to do, and they're going to help guide you and your family. Hey, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to introduce you to Logan and Jennifer and show you how they're going to protect their family with an 
lifetime benefit plan. It's going to protect their family and their estate. They are a client of the week. I'll share with you what we did for them as soon as we get back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, welcome back. So if you've listened to Long-Term Care Radio in the past, you know that at the bottom of the hour, we bring the client of the week. And again, I'm going to tell you, don't get hooked up on the numbers on these examples. What the client of the week is really about is just... You know, us meeting with a client, finding out what they're trying to accomplish, and then having that discussion and, and, and letting you know kind of how we guided them to the, the choice that we ended up with. And again, I tell everybody that you don't go buy long-term care insurance off the shelf. So many people think, well, they'll call us, well, how much does it cost? It's, it doesn't work that way. It's same as buying a car. You know, do you need a little a cheap little used car to get the kid back and forth to school? Or do you need a, a you know a big pickup truck to pull a horse trailer? I mean, it just it's all over the place. So, what we're trying to do with people is talk about their situation, learn a little bit about them, and then find out how we can design a plan that's going to work best for their situation. And this week we have Logan who is fifty five and Jennifer who is fifty six, and they came to us wanting to protect their nest egg and their family. You know, that's just bottom line. They're just like you know we've worked hard, we've got some assets, we want to protect what we've worked hard for, and more importantly, they wanted to protect their family. They have three independent children that are all out of the house now. Um, no grandchildren, but they're hoping for grandchildren. I'm pretty sure that you know if they get lucky, they'll have a slew of grandchildren at some point in their life. They're still working in their business, and they'll probably continue to do so for probably at least another five years, maybe a little bit longer, just depending how things go, but they like their job. So their concerns, really what drove them to us, Logan's parents are in assisted living right now. His mother just got moved to a memory section of the assisted living. So his parents are in the same facility, but now mom got moved over to what they call the memory care section. And again, this is a lot of times, this sounds like a nice facility because they have the memory care built into that. But memory care is generally, they just have to have higher levels of staff and locking doors and things like that because people with cognitive issues, a lot of times they're still physically fit. So his mom got moved over there. His dad was originally the caretaker for his mom before they went to the assisted living until he had a stroke. And then he had a stroke. He started to heal up a little bit. Then his health just went downhill really fast. And so now they're both in an extended health care situation. Combined, they're spending over $15,000 a month on care or over $180,000 a year. And really what has Logan fired up about this is that they're having to sell the family home to keep his parents together and keep them off the Medicaid rolls. Now, this has hit Logan pretty hard. He said that, you know, he always felt proud of his, uh, of the estate that his parents had built. They, they came from nothing. They worked really hard. They had a nice house. They had a nice little nest egg. He always thought they were going to live comfortably in their retirement years. And he goes, and then it just literally changed overnight. You know, he said his mom's changed with the cognitive issues. You could see his dad was trying to, to juggle and keep things up. And then his dad's health compromised. And he said, here we are. We have you know, I've got two parents, both in an assisted living, and their assets are just essentially gone. So that was really rough on him. Now, Logan and Jennifer both realized just how much time they also had to spend managing their parents' situation. And a lot of this legwork fell on the plate of Jennifer. So, you know, she was struggling with this. Uh, Logan's older sibling was not involved and did not want to help out. And I will just tell you folks, this is very common in long-term care situations. Everybody says, oh, my family's going to take care of me. Uh, what that really means is one person has to step up. And it's usually the other you know, siblings or the other kids will think, well, you're closest to them or they, they liked you best or I have kids or my job's complicated, so you need to do it, whatever it is. But the burden generally falls on somebody. And this happened to fall on Logan and Jennifer. And Jennifer said that, you know, she was doing a lot of the juggling and that complex decision making and realized just how much time that took. So, again, they were really worried about something happening. They wanted to protect their family. They did not want their kids to have to go through this. And they were also worried that if something happened to Logan now, whether it's an accident or a cancer or anything like that, you know, it would be 
you're catastrophic because the, even though they both own the business, Logan is really the day-to-day operations behind this business that they own. So they would have to go out and hire somebody, do something like that. There'd be extra expenses. They don't know how much money they'd be able to pull out of the business. So again, that was their concern, just kind of the 10,000-foot view. And folks, I will tell you, they were living it. When you have a parent that's going through this, that's what a lot of our clients end up seeing is they're like, holy cow, we didn't really think that much about it until such and such happened to somebody that we know or, or a family member. So <clears throat> here's what we found about them during the discussion. Logan had some heart issues and went through a heart ablation procedure a few years ago, but has not had any problems since. He's been going to the doctor, getting his checkups, and all his his health checks have come back clean, which is key. He's in a situation, think about that now, if he had another issue, he had to go get a stent put in or something, he could become uninsurable. But right now, he was in that window, he was insurable. Megan was taking a, a statin and she had some arthritis issues, but it was managed at this time right now. And she was doing well and she was exercising and staying fit. And so that was really helping her. So overall, they had some health issues, but they still had options for planning. And that's the key. Remember, your health is what allows you to get a long-term care plan. So they owned a small manufacturing business that was taxed as a C corporation. They planned on uh, aging in the family home. This was something I always asked. Is like, you know, where do you want to go? Would you downsize? Would you move to a community? Do you want to stay in your own home? And they said, yes, they would like to stay in their own home for as long as possible. It was laid out pretty well, not a lot of steps. And so they felt they could age there and they would like to do that. Their retirement income would comprise of Social Security and required minimum distributions from their retirement accounts. They had uh, two of their kids worked in the family business, and so that was something that they thought they might be passing on to their kids at some time. So that was, again, another financial decision. How do they efficiently get that business over to the kids if they want to take that over, or they might sell it down the road, but they weren't counting on that. Um, They did have cash savings and some other investments. And so, again, they, they were building a nice little nest egg. So they, you know, different buckets of money everywhere. So they did have the retirement account, but they also had some cash and some savings. And for business owners, I think all you guys know that I have the same issue. You got to keep a little bit of cash and savings set aside for cash flow issues because you never know when business is going to, you know, make a turn for the worse or whatever it is. And so they were very well aware of balancing out things like that. Logan also had a whole life insurance policy in force that he wanted to keep. It was set up as a key man through the business. So the idea is that if something happened to Logan and he died and they needed to go out and hire a manager to come in and keep that business running, they would have the proceeds to do that and fill that gap in the short time. So overall, they were in pretty good shape financially. They had a lot of options. You know, not all of the options due to health, but they had a lot of options for long-term care planning. Here's what they wanted from a plan. Number one, they wanted the assurance that they would be okay and not have to be forced to liquidate savings or their retirement account or even worse, sell their business. So they wanted to make sure they had a dedicated source of money to pay for long-term care. They wanted catastrophic coverage. And that just simply means, you know, they don't want to run out. So remember, I tell you, long-term care insurance is a bucket of money. You're deciding how much you can take out of that bucket, and you're deciding how deep is that bucket, how long is it going to last. And so they wanted an unlimited plan if they could get one, which we do have unlimited coverage plan. So that was something that was possible. They really wanted claim support. And so this was something that was just key to Jennifer. Jennifer said, look, I'd really like to have claim support to make sure that, you know, when we call or the kids call or something, that there's somebody there that will help us as opposed to trying to figure it out on her own. Because again, remember, she was the main go-to person for Logan's parents. And so she said, I don't want my kids to have to go through that. And you know, what about tax deductions? That was something Logan said, you know, is it, can I pay any of this out of the business? And I was like, well, absolutely. Yes, you can, you know, especially from a C corporation point of view, we can maximize tax deductions for you. And if they didn't use their plan, do they want money going back to the estate? They both thought that would be a great idea in the ideal world. They hope they never use it. Therefore, if that money was returned back to the estate, that would be awesome. That would be the best of both worlds. And they wanted a plan that provided coverage regardless of where they were. So a home, facility, special memory care, assisted living, adult daycare, whatever it was, they just wanted a comprehensive plan, which they heard me talk about. So that's kind of what they wanted from a plan. So here's what we did for them. We went right to the asset-based plans. Again, the asset-based long-term care plans are the plans that pay you back if you never use them. So that was an easy starting spot right there. We went to the asset-based plan because it had the most features and the most benefits that matched up with what they were trying to accomplish with a plan. They also had the resources to fund a meaningful plan. And what I mean by this is if 
you really don't have, you know, savings or other liquid assets, you know, asset-based plans probably are not going to be the right fit for you because most of the asset-based plans, the whole idea of an asset-based plan is you'll put more money into that plan sooner, even in a single lump sum or just over a few years, but you'll be able to get that money back if you never use it, maybe even a little bit more versus a traditional pay-as-you-go plan. Those premiums are going to be smaller, but there's no other benefits in there, but you have to have the resources you know, for that asset-based plan. So asset-based plans are really designed more for that kind of upper middle class and, and beyond, which is where we're going to focus. And that's right where these guys were, Logan and Jennifer were. So here's how we, we set this plan up. We designed a lifetime benefit plan that's going to give each of them $144,000 a year or $12,000 a month of long-term care coverage. And when I say each, that means it's not split. So if Logan and Jennifer were both on claim, both in the assisted living facility at the same time, like Logan's parents currently are, they would be pulling $24,000 a month tax-free out of this long-term care plan for as long as they need it. That's what I mean by unlimited. It's just going to pay for as long as they need it. It will also pay their estate back, if they don't use it, $400,000. That is structured as a tax-free death benefit. And again, you want that if you can get it. Not all asset-based plans have that, but if you can get it, you can qualify, you want it, because that means that any money in excess of what you put into your plan is going to be paid back tax-free. And so when we have a younger couple like this, like in their 50s, they are going to get more money back than they put into the plan. So that's why we want to set that up with that tax-free death benefit. And anytime there's a death benefit, in this case, that $400,000, if they used 300000 of long-term care insurance, the difference would be still be paid back, $100,000. So they're just simply, what we're saying here is that they are going to get $400,000 back either way. If they don't use it, all 400000 is paid back to the estate. If they use 200000 of long-term care, they'll still get $200,000 of tax-free death benefit. So it can be either or. Long-term care, the life insurance benefit, or the combination of both. Now, remember, they owned a business. Let's talk about how we funded this. And so they owned a business that was taxed as a C corporation. So they're able to deduct long-term care premiums, and they are not limited to the IRS attained age amounts. And so what the IRS does is they bracket it 40 to 50, 50 to 60, 60 to 70, and they say, you can deduct X amount of a long-term care premium based on your age. Well, C corporations don't fall into those brackets. They can deduct higher amounts than that, which is very advantageous. So based on that... What we did is we, you know, remember these asset-based plans, they're called linked benefits. The IRS is saying we're linking long-term care insurance with another benefit. Well, based on that, we can deduct the long-term care insurance if they are separated, if the premiums are separated, which this company does. So we cannot deduct the life insurance premium, but we can deduct 100% of the long-term care insurance premium as a business expense for the C corporation. Now, the catch is the carrier has to separate out those two premiums. So they have to separate out what's going in for life insurance, what's going in for long-term care insurance. We have a handful of carriers that do that. The better companies do that. I do it myself personally. I deduct long-term care insurance out of the business. I pay the life insurance portion personally, and I'm on a 10-pay plan. So these guys have that same option. So that allows Logan and Jennifer to maximize deductions. They could have just done a one-and-done payment, but what we did was a little bit different because if you're going to do a one-and-done, you can still you can write $100,000 off of long-term care insurance out of the business. It's just that you got to have the cash flow for that. So what we did is we took the portion that they're going to pay personally for the life insurance, and we separated out the long-term care insurance and did that over five years. So this is what this plan looks like. They're going to make one payment year one of $234,000. So that's just going to come from their cash savings. Not all of it, actually about 50,000 of it's going to come from, from the business. So you're able to deduct $49,000 the first year out of the business. The other $180,000 is just going to come out of their cash. So they're going to do that year one. Then starting in year two, they will have four annual payments. So years two, three, four, and five, they will make a payment for $22,848. So grand total over the five years, it will put $276,000 into this plan. But think about what it got them. They're guaranteed to get you know, a, a, a lifetime benefit of, of $12,000 each or $24,000 a month combined, and they're guaranteed to get $400,000 paid back to the estate if they don't use it. So they're going to get more money back than they put in. They're putting two seventy six dollars in the plan. They're guaranteed to get $400,000 back. Again, the difference there is because of their age. So actuary, we look at that and we say, well, they've 
hopefully got longer time so they're going to get a, they're going to get more money back because they're not you know versus an 80 year old might have to put more money into the plan than they're going to actually guarantee to get back but at 50 you know at 55 and, and 56 they've got a lot of time ahead of them so it really makes this plan advantageous so they're guaranteed to get the 400,000 back out of that $276,000 in premium, here's the key. $141,000 is going to be a business write-off. That is going to be a business expense. And Logan just was very blunt. He says, look, I'll lower my salary if I have to because this is so advantageous for us because I don't have to pay tax on that $141,000. I can reduce the business. That's an expense. He goes, I'll reduce my income if I need to do that. He goes, whatever it takes because they're guaranteed to get $400,000 back tax-free. Their long-term care benefit still comes out tax-free, even though they are be able to deduct $141,000 of the premium out of the business. So other features on this plan, uh, $24,000 or two times the monthly benefit is going to be paid out for medical equipment and home improvement. So, I mean, think about that. You you're, you're get a horrible accident, you need a wheelchair ramp, you need an adjustable bed, you need an intravenous pump, whatever it is to make your home a safe environment. They get $24,000 to spend on that. Plus, they're still getting the $12,000 a month each of benefit. They've got the concierge claim support, which was very important for Jennifer. You call this company. They're going to assign somebody to you. You've got one contact that's going to help with everything you need. The case management, the care coordination, the claim support, it's all going to be managed through that concierge contact. They get $24,000 for caregiver training, which is to help family members if they want to take a class on medication management or whatever it is. It's a zero-day waiting period for home and community care. $288,000 tax-free lifetime benefit per year if both of them are on claim. So again, $144,000 per person for an unlimited amount of time. Folks, this is just a wonderful plan. And I will just tell you, I, you know, I always get amped up on this because I think so many people, if you've worked hard, and so many advisors miss this, well, just put the money in the market, we can grow. This isn't about money. This is about having a plan. They're guaranteed to get more money back than they put into the plan. A lot of advisors will say, well, if you invested $276,000 and put it in a S&P 500 plan and it grows at 10%, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, but you get hit by, by the bus tomorrow. You don't have any insurance. These guys have lifetime long-term care insurance today. And if I can live the same plan I have, if I can live my whole life and never use my long-term care insurance, great. My money wasn't wasted. It's paid back to the estate. Did I make the best interest return on that? No. But guess what? If I get hit by the bus tomorrow and get a spinal injury, I know that I have an unlimited long-term care benefit that's going to protect all of my assets and my family. That's why we have insurance. And this is just a fantastic plan that really, for somebody that's watching their loved ones go through long-term care, they're thinking, gosh, if my parents would have had this, how wonderful would it be? So they're hoping they don't use it, but they know now that if they do, they're protected, their family, as well as their estate. So just love setting up these types of plans. Okay, again, I always get amped up on these client of the weeks, but I've got to take a quick break here. We're going to come back in our final segment, and I want to jump in a little bit more about what the case managers and the claim specialists and those people actually do and what the role is that they play when you're on claim. So stick around. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. Hey, it's Mandy Connell, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for their upcoming free long-term care planning live webinar. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, just like they're doing for my husband and me right now. I love how much time they've spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. 
Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us. But the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. Again, if you'd like to come to one of our live webinars, we've got them up on the calendar at 525longtermcare.com. It's going to be on Saturday the 16th and then April the 21st. And so the dates and the times are up there. And all you do is you register. We're going to send you a link. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to chase you down. You're just going to get a link. And then you want to join the webinar, you click on that and you can watch it. You can actually watch it on your 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 smart pad, your, your iPhone, whatever it is. Um, your computer. And, you know, if you have access to a keyboard, you can type in questions. You're going to see it It is live. So look for those dates again, Saturday, the 16th and Thursday, the 21st. So, you know, I'm breathing hard because I always get amped up on, on these client of the weeks. And, um, you know, I, I just, I tell you, um, we have lots of examples on our website, but again, the whole idea is keep in mind, Ooh, you know, we are custom designing a plan that's right for your situation. And I'll get emails like people like, oh, $276,000, are you kidding me? It's like, well, you know, actually we have clients that put a lot more than that into their plan because it's all relative. It's just like insurance for your home. You know, the more the bigger your house is and the more antiques and valuables you have in it, the more insurance you need. And so long-term care is the same way. But the whole idea is to understand that we're going to help custom design a plan that's right for you. And there's a lot of people that have worked hard. They have great assets. They just don't know about these asset-based plans. But... This is why the show is there is to show you, hey, there, there, there's a better way to protect yourself from long-term care than self-insuring. And I will tell you the biggest mistake I see, and I've said this over again, is you know, assuming that if you have money that you have a long-term care plan that you don't need to worry about it. And I will tell you that it is that you know, there's been several articles out there about how even wealthy people struggle in long-term care situations. Because again, for most of it, it's a foreign environment. And in most cases, it takes complex decision-making that's ongoing, and it's usually outside the realm of the person needing care, especially if that person is in a cognitive situation. So there, a lot of times, a person receiving that long-term care is not sitting there making you know, cognitive decisions about the care and the who's going to provide that care and all those things. It's somebody that cares about them. It's their family members. That's that burden that gets dropped onto them. So that's why we're talking about the client of the week, that concierge service. To me, it's worth its weight in gold. And believe me, we have turned on some extremely complicated long-term care cases. In COVID, we had one where the, the husband passed away and the wife had been exposed to COVID and nobody could get in and see her. She's in the middle of kidney cancer treatment. She's 80 years old. Folks at concierge service, we made 1-800 call. They got everything wrapped up. They took care of it. And again, these are the team of professionals, like I say, the travel agents, they know the local language. They know what to do. They've been there before. They know how to help in that situation. So some of these plans like that, that Jennifer really wanted is this claim support. Well, what do these people do? Well, the case manager is someone with a medical background usually. A lot of times it's somebody that has a nurse, at least a nursing background. But they usually have some kind of medical background, and they can understand the medical needs of the client, and they work with the agencies on the specific needs of the client. So otherwise... They can look at that medical chart and they can say, gosh, okay, stroke, you're going to need this kind of therapy. You're going to need this. This is the agency that we probably want to look at. It's a case manager. The care coordinator, the care coordination coordinator works and with and guides the team that is providing the services. 
So think about this. If you're in your home after a stroke, well, you might need physical therapy. Well, that's one service. You might need some help with activities of daily living. That's a separate type of service. I mean, the person's coming in there doing the speech therapy isn't also the one that's dressing you and bathing you. And then you might need somebody for personal services. So maybe that's a less skilled person from a, a medical point of view that maybe will help you with your mail or help you with your house cleaning and your, your meal preparation and things like that. So that's what the care coordinator is going to do is they're going to work with the team that is providing the services for you in a long-term care situation. And then lastly, what you're going to get when you have a good plan is you're going to get that claim support. And a lot of people think, eh, you know, what do I need that for? Well, that's who handles the billing, handles the paperwork. And I will tell you folks, this is what removes the burden from that paperwork from your life. So someone that has a policy like that has that claim support in there, what they're doing every month is they're getting a bill from the service providers. And they're going to look at that. It could be the agency or it could be the home health care provider, but they're going to go through that bill and they're going to coordinate and match that with the plan of care. And they're going to look at it and they're going to know, oh, wait a second, Medicare is the first payer of record for this. Long-term care pays for this. And the idea is to preserve that long-term care asset. There's also an audit trail from the insurance company now because they've gone through and they've checked all these expenses and verified that they're qualified long-term care expenses. And it removes that, you know, that burden of having to do the work work and the paperwork. At the end of the year, you get a 1099 LTC, but you're done. You don't have to do anything with it because the insurance company verified all that. If you don't have that, what you're going to get is a very complex bill every month, whether it's from a home health care agency or even assisted living facilities. They're going to break down the charges for everything that they do. And you've got to sit there and go in through line by line and make sure they're not billing you for something that Medicare would pay for, making sure that they're not double billing you, charging you for 10 hours. So all those things go together. That's what that claim support does. Claim support, care coordination, case managers, it's an important part of any plan. So I've burned another hour. Um, Thanks for sticking around. I'll be back next week with another new show. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com.